from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. Ow, I just like crushed my hand on my ring. Wow. <laughs> it's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. <laughs> it's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm a ringless MJ. <laughs> it's the Tiny House Podcast. I've got many rings if you cut me in half because I'm an old tree. <laughs> tree. Good one. You old tree. <laughs> we were chopping wood with my land host this past week and... Uh, <clears throat> They were fascinated with the, they would, you know, we'd get the round, and they would stop and, like, count the round. No, oh, nice. look, this was a great growing year, and I'm, like, standing in the rain, like, <laughs> can we just get shit done today? <laughs> it's raining, and I got other stuff I can do. I'm happy to help, but not at this not pace. Not counting the rings. Not counting the rings. Any fires no. or anything in them rings? Like, ooh, this was a bad year, because oh. you could see, like... No, not no. in this particular forest, and these were all these were all trees that were actually cut down on our property, you know, on oh, okay. where we live. Yep. And uh, they're very they're old, and so you can't hand split anymore. So what it was is we rented one of those hydraulic splitters. Oh, yeah. mm. Very cool, mm-hmm. very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so his wife, she did the lever, and then I, and then he did the loading, and then I did the unloading, and we did two cords oh, probably boy. in about four or five hours. Wow, including the cutting down or just the splitting? Just the splitting. <laughs> Still yeah. backbreaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it, a lot of work. Is this something you do as part of the agreement you have with them, or are you just being friendly? Um, <clears throat> it is something I do because I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, as part of our quote-unquote agreement, I will help with property maintenance. I see. So is I'm not sure if cutting their winter wood is really property maintenance, but it encourages him to cut down trees out of my section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> like, if you cut them and you, you know, cut them in chunks, then I will help you um, load the branches onto the burning pile. Mm. I will help you split the rounds into, you know, wood, and then it gets those dead trees out of my way. So it's one less thing I got to worry about. And you're making room for... More tiny houses! Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> What's the latest on that? So I have two more um, right now. So number five, my fifth tiny house build is the tiny hideout, my tiny hideout. It arrived at my property last week, and uh, <clears throat> the outside's completely done. Windows, doors, siding, roofing, totally dry. Now I need to, of course, finish the inside. And then I did a super crazy thing and bought someone else's project (laughs) Mm -hmm. only because it's on a 10,000 pound trailer. Mm. So I know that I have Mm. plenty of bandwidth and ability to remodel. It'll be a remodel. Mm -hmm. Um, So 10,000 pound trailer, 22 foot long um, shell, basically. So it's a 20 foot shell with a two foot porch. Mm. And I paid a thousand bucks for it. So a thousand? Yeah. <laughs> Jill's looking for a deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I oh, yeah, so I paid a thousand dollars for a shell on a ten thousand pound trailer. So um that one will happen relatively quickly as well because the shell's already done and, and I got plenty of weight to work with. So why did they sell it for so little? 
I think part of it actually is because they liked me. So, oh. uh, however, with that being said, the listing price on Craigslist was seventeen hundred and fifty. Hmm. So even that was a good deal. It is an old cook shack owned oh, cool. by. Do you um, know what that is? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So what it is is the we have a little small town in Oregon called Cottage Grove. They have a little uh, philanthropic organization called the Prospectors Club. So once a year, the Prospectors Club serves breakfast at the top of the mountain somewhere, and they charge twenty five dollars a person. And everybody traipses up the mountain, and they serve breakfast out of this what used to be a cook shack. So. Huh. They put mm. 10,000 pounds worth of axle on it because they had four huge cast iron mm. pancake grills oh, wow. on the inside of this you know, structure. So they had to beef up the axles. So they decided to upgrade to a different one. Huh. And they, they served 1,500 people pancakes out of uh, this cook shack in uh, six hours last year. So hmm. wow. anyways, so they built a new one. They were getting rid of the old one. Um, I met them. I told them what I had in mind and offered them a thousand bucks cash. And they said, sold. Nice. Here's the title. Nice. Perfect. Well, I was trying to find a picture of a cook shack on the internet and I don't see one. Yeah, so it's like um, the wagon wheel you know, phase thing. Right? Yeah, yeah kind presume, of. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll take the the because the, the windows are currently you know plywood, you know the whole flip up oh, yeah. kind of plywood <laughs> thing. So we'll we'll take those off obviously and replace them with real windows mm-hmm. and wrap it and put siding on and. But again, all of that is only possible because of the ten thousand pound trailer. Right. I mean, that's just a that's a rare rare thing to find. Uh, a trailer or renovation that has that much possibility. Huh. It's like they were gypsies or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep, 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 keep it going. Keep it going. The door comes open. Speaking of gypsies, <laughs> we have a returning guest to the show today, um, Jewel Pearson, uh, who's, I think her tiny house is called Gypsy Soul. Is that right? Miss Gypsy Soul. Miss Gypsy, Miss Gypsy Soul. Soul. Yes. And, uh, how many? How long has it been, Michelle, since we've had Jewel on the show? Two years. Two years. So I, right, because the last time we so this is the third time this, we've had oh, her on the show. Oh, this is the third time. Correct. Right. Yep. We Colorado. got her live yep. in Colorado, yep. and then before that or after that? Before. Uh, before that, we had her on by herself, right. and yep. then we had her on, yeah, in Colorado, and that was two years ago. Isn't mm-hmm. that crazy? That's crazy. That's hard to believe. It is hard to believe. So Jewel. Flying. Time is flying. So, um, what's going on? What has been going on with you since the last time we talked at the Jamboree? Oh, a whole lot. I know. <laughs> Where do you start? <laughs> Where do we want to start? What do we want to jump into first? I'd like to ask a question about what do you? So it's been it's been um, well, it's been two years or so since mm-hmm. we talked about the diversity of the tiny house movement. Have you seen any changes or shifts in that? Uh, I've seen lots of changes and shifts, and it's not been positive. I was gonna try. <laughs> I was gonna clarify and say any positive shifts, yeah. but okay, let's just go there. <laughs> let's just go there. Let's. I mean, we might, might as well start off right off the top on the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, in those two years, so the last conversation we were talking about the need for diversity and representation and all that good stuff and everybody was going to do things differently and consideration and blah, blah, blah. And I would say for the most part, it has been blah, blah, blah. Mm. (laughs) Um, I feel like, um, in those last two years, the lineups have still been the same of um, 
very few people of color. Um, I continued to call it out. And in that two year span uh, of me calling it out, um, I would probably say I've gotten maybe blacklisted from the community. Um, I got a very nice, nasty, anonymous, threatening email. Uh, Lee Para, who, you know, kind of was calling it out as well and, and responded to uh, actually one of the, the not this past event, I think it was a, a year before I actually called it out again and, and made a, a Facebook post about it when the event had changed to the new location and the, oh, yeah, the new that management. Was, yeah, Jamboree for Reed Expos mm. in Arlington. Yeah. I see. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I called it out, made a Facebook post about it, how, you know, it, it, it was more of the same. Um, and I made it a public post, and apparently um, it it ruffled a few feathers and people who aren't even my friends were paying attention and screenshotting my post and making notes of who was commenting on it and what was being said and Lee Para who commented and said yeah you know we've talked about this and and things needed to be changed and she actually had emailed several of the quote finger leaders to ask them to kind of step back and um if because in the way it's done for other events is that you know speakers say you know i i don't want to participate if you don't have people of color and everybody kind of sticks together to say uh, to to provide space for people of color um and diversity in the network and so lee i think had suggested that to several people and um it, it kind of you know emails that were done on the side and then she commented on my post and it was apparently taken note of and she was then uninvited from the event mm. um and so um i feel like it is uh, to to say i've been disappointed is probably an understatement i feel like um for a community that wants to affect change and wants everyone to um accept something a, a living style that is different i feel like in so many ways they still want to be status quo you know we want to do this new innovative thing but we still want to do it kind of the ways of the world the, the way things are, are done we don't want to stick our neck out for you know the the things that are right as far as diversity and and representation um you know i, I feel like so many times i i hear find your tribe which again quote fingers for tribe because if anybody knows anything about that they'll also know that the native americans have said uh could you quit saying that <laughs> um, but, um but so i i feel like um it's it's been more the same um i had the issue at the at another event uh, as a speaker headed to an event in florida ran into a, a actual you know what i have been saying the locations are 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 a challenge and up for danger and had any uh, the um incident where i had a run-in with a racist right before going on to speak in florida and i didn't feel comfortable and had to have you know a, a knockdown drag out with the event organizer who didn't understand that my safety was my priority versus coming you know and i, I feel like i did everything as i i could as a professional to still go on site to try to locate him and others to say hey i'm not feeling comfortable in this area and wasn't able to do it but and so then i had to make my safety the priority and um i was 
that that wasn't understood. And if you've not lived in the skin as of a person of color and understand how, you know, how it feels to be unsafe in areas, then I can't explain it to you to, you know, to to make you understand. And 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 there in lies either compassion or a lack of compassion. And so um I and I think I've heard everything from if Jewel would be more like Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X as far as my tone and and the words that I use which to me is a bunch of BS because you know it's 2018 and everybody wants to think that they would have followed um, Martin Luther King and what he was doing but if you history will show you that's not the case Um, but you know as you look back on it it's easy to say you know he was peaceful and you know he was leading in in this way and we would have followed all of that versus you know trying to to police the words that I use versus listening and understanding the message. And so um, I guess for the, for the most part, I would say I'm done um, with the community. It's, it, I feel like um, it has been more of profit. Uh, we want to keep going this way because it's making us money. These are the, the names and the faces that are known uh, versus uh, what I would say is doing the right thing. And right. I've kind of, taken myself in a direction of participating in areas where I'm not fighting to be included. I don't want to fight to be included. That's not welcoming. That's not what I want to do. I don't want to be in spaces where I don't want, I'm not welcome. I prefer to be in spaces where the conversations happen because people want to participate in those conversations. And so that has been the direction um, over the past couple of years that uh, I've gone in with um, Dominique and with Lee and we've been just doing some some things in some some different spaces you know who who wants to I was speaking to someone else and they said you know it, it sound, kind of sounds like you're pushing a boulder uphill and absolutely um, and I'm I'm done with that one yeah so um, if I understand correctly then you're not are you let me see how would you like to comment on the the people of color they are, you know, encouraging or allowing on stage? Do you consider that not far enough or not enough? Um, um, is it just that the conversation has stopped and, you know, yes, they they have speakers of color, but the conversation has stopped. So it, it feels to me um, like... We have made a little progress, but probably not as much as you would expect or would think. So can you comment on that? I would agree with that as far as, you know, a little progress and it's 2018. Um, Okay, so I'll give a little progress. Yes, there have been people of color, but um, and and I also want to go back and say this was one of the the nasty anonymous email that I got um, said that, I was only happy if I was being invited to speak. And I think I've said from the beginning, this wasn't about me. This was about representation there. And I, on one of our emails, we uh, messages, we listed a whole bunch of people that should be included to speak. So it was never about me personally. Right. Um, but yeah, but as far as moving the conversation forward, like for um, the problem that I had going to the event in Florida, I wasn't the only person of color who had a problem at that event um, with yeah, some racism. I recall Bonnie had, had a challenge. Was that correct? No, 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 no. It That was something totally different, and I don't want to associate it with that. No, it okay. was actually an attendee that oh, okay. had a problem with someone um, okay. that grabbed his, grabbed his clothes on site. Um, Gra- grabbed his clothes not- and, did, and did what? Like the clothes um, he was wearing? 
yeah, uh, a guy who reached, a guy reached out to me. He was apparently wearing a dashiki on oh. site at the event, oh. and he said a older white guy came up to him and grabbed his shirt and kind of twisted it and asked him what he was wearing and why. Hmm. Um, and he kind of diffused it instead of you know. A, a, a addressing it aggressively mm-hmm. but the man yeah um uh mj i think the conversation like so i've had a conversation with a person of color that i know was doing some speaking at one of the events um and the the what she <clears throat> was addressing was more related to veterans and Correct. she had an off a side conversation and she said to me that she had not experienced any of the racism um, that I had experienced so far. And I said to her, you know, no, I mean, you no disrespect, but in this country, veterans trump everything. Um, And so people are going to love your message because they don't, it's kind of like, if you know, Perry probably can relate to this. Racists like Michael Jordan because he represents basketball. They don't see him as the person. They're they're looking at what he represents, and they don't see him as a black person. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from her and what she's doing, but her message is about veterans, and so no people don't find that offensive. They can get behind right. veterans in this country. Right. Right. Um, when they you're talking of, about. Yeah. Um, communities and inclusion and and things that need to be done to address racism and and how to be more inclusive. That's not a, a, a feel good message, and people don't aren't comfortable with it. And therein um, comes the negativity. So that's yeah. total. That's two totally different things. It's li- literally not not feel good. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. You can't get any more literal than how not feeling good people get when you bring exactly. that up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, so you know, not uh, for, so for that person not to have experienced the racism. That's exactly why, because everybody can get behind what you're doing and feel good about it. Yeah. So, th- Michelle, the the uh, we've talked in the last couple of episodes about the uh, shakeout of builders in the tiny house movement. Yes. Would you say, we're going to get back, this is going this conversation that I'm starting, um, Jewel is going to come back to you. Um, okay. Would you say that the community itself has kind of slowed down or, or, or um, what words do I want to use? Kind of like come off its peak. Leveled. Leveled, that's a good yeah. word, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, and if, if so, would you say that, um, a lot of the spotlight that would cause one to want to um, continue this right. effort right, has kind of waned also? Yeah, I would say overall that's true. I would consider the Tiny House movement at this point more factioned yeah. than it even was before. Oh. Um, there mm. are regional factions. Um, there's a there's a distinct difference between the East Coast builders and what they think they want and need and the West Coast builders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a distinct difference between the DIY movement and the professional builders in general. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a huge difference between those people that are doing it for charitable organizations or charitable reasons versus business, mm-hmm. right? There mm-hmm. seems to be those two factions are warring, for lack of a better term. Um, there's also factions between, there's people that understand or... Uh, 
fight or, you know, the differences between certified RVIA, certified mm-hmm. tiny houses and non-RVIA, mm-hmm. even within the builders. Mm. So there's a lot of factions going on mm-hmm. right now, and that has overall led to the, I guess you, I, I don't think it's jumped the shark. Or maybe it, disillusionment you know, among um, yeah, members? it definitely has led to some slowing of mm. the progress, yeah. slowing of the conversations. Um, and then, of course, we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Um, if you look at the list of people that we've actually interviewed, probably about 50% of the builders or about 50% of the occupants no longer yeah. occupy or are building that. tiny houses. Mm. That may be because of these factions. It may mm-hmm. be because of other issues. But um, overall, the movement itself, I see very, very, very divided mm. um, and very cooling, I think, as a result. Mm. So, so um, Jewel, I keep wanting to call you Ruby Jewel, which is an ice cream <laughs> company here in Portland. I don't know why that is. but um, so, so, Jewel, given what we just talked about here, what do you – is it could um, – is it really worth fighting this, this fight? Oh, and you heard me say I'm no no longer interested in fighting. Yeah. I um I think I gave up that fight a year and a half or so ago. Um, it doesn't feel good to push to be in spaces that you aren't necessarily welcomed. Um, and there are so many other things, especially with the climate in the world today. There's so many other things that I need to focus on. <laughs> exactly. That I, I have no desire to fight to be in spaces that I'm not welcome. Um so- and so that is why um, Lee and Dominique and I had started doing some things, that, um, our own events, art, culture, creativity, and tiny houses. Um, we did some in New Orleans and in D.C., and we're going to kick off the first of the year with that and some workshops. Trying to be in spaces where the energy is welcoming and, yeah. and the conversation right. is open and genuine yeah. and 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 is heartfelt and feels good. And, and that's absolutely, um, you know, where I want to be. And maybe that's part of the cooling or the, or the perceived cooling. And maybe everyone, maybe, maybe that's, I mean, I, I, um, I sort of hold a similar perspective. Um, great. Y'all do what you're going to do. Um, that's wonderful, but I'm going to be over here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be controlling what I can control. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be hostessing and, and creating a, a positive environment. I'm going to advocate for tiny houses, mm-hmm. but in my own way, mm-hmm. in my own corner, with my people that I know that I can love and trust. So maybe the perceived cooling of the movement is more so just because everybody's been tired of fighting to be a part of it and then they figure out wait a minute y'all have an identity crisis i don't even know what i'm trying to be a part of so y'all figure out your shit and i'm in the meantime i'm going to be over here and i'm still going to do what i need to do for me and and my tiny house and my environment and my community and i think everybody i agree with that yeah and and everybody on all sides of the issues are doing the same thing. Right. Everybody's doing that, it seems like. I agree with that. My thing, uh, it still frustrates me to see a flyer roll out and it's still more of the same. That's, uh, but, but that is for me, the overall world. And, Mm. and, um, so that's frustrating to me. I still feel like, um, uh, if people aren't addressing some of the safety concerns as safety becomes more and more an issue, 
um, in this day and age for people of color. Um, there's still the potential of something happening. And then, you know, at that point, uh, I'll just be over here saying um, I kind of warned you guys about that a couple of years ago. Yeah, in that, I just, I do want to say that I had an issue with an event and a safety, very much a safety related issue with an event and with a person. And when I notified the event organizer, I very much got the brush off as well. Really? You know? um, and then later on, the organizer circled back and went, oh, um, yeah, by the way. Um, so anyways, I I can say that even beyond people of color, I think that the event organizers, if any of you are listening, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that they need to do a little bit better job of either screening or, or you know, um, understanding the credentials of who they are putting on stage and what they have to offer and making sure that they're not promoting people that are, are not... Don't belong there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have some names popped in my head. Yeah. <laughs> you and me uh, both, I, we can have a whole different I, show on that topic exactly. alone. Exactly. I agree 100%. Agree 100%. And something's going to happen and somebody's going to get hurt and they're going to say, oh, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, so I feel like that's, that's on them. But I totally have no desire to you know after i said it you know i i jumped into the movement and had high hopes that you know here were these people that wanted to do some things differently and it was all feel good and and then it became more of the same uh this is bs and you all really don't want to do anything that doesn't um doesn't that's not suiting yourselves and isn't putting you know, money in your pocket. So let me go back over here, mind my business. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting with with this movement and other new type things like this. Where I think you're you're right, Jewel. People do want to do things that feel good, and often that when someone raises things that doesn't make them feel good, then they recoil against that because they're trying to do something that feels good and they don't want to have to deal with the part that doesn't feel good. It's right. the internet, right. 1995, 96. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. kumbaya yeah. first, everyone's working together, yeah. domains are free, right. woo yeah. it's yeah. a big party, right. and all yeah. of a sudden it's like, hey, that fucker's making money. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm not with my people. I need more. Yeah. I, all these things that start to yeah. happen. Yeah. Which, right. like you said, it's it's like it ebbs and flows in mm-hmm. waves and that's kind of what it feels like it's doing right now, especially in the political climate the last two right. years. I was going to bring that up yeah as the political climate has certainly not helped the situation and and in, in, in some ways it maybe it, it has because it has contributed to what you um jewel and what michelle are saying that people have turned toward who they are most most comfortable with absolutely both for and positive out, and for negative front. absolutely yeah. out front and i and i can know who i'm dealing with yeah I'm right there yeah, yeah. I'm, i know who i'm dealing with yeah yeah it's it, i feel like a lot of it is a farce and um, I, you know, it it was disappointing to to recognize it once the you know the the layers came off. But well, so it, but is that is that? I, I kind of want to challenge you a little bit on that, Jewel, because I let me ask. I'll just put it this way. What did you expect was going to happen? <laughs> you know, you know. Don't, why are you shooting my bubble down? <laughs> no kumbaya forever. Yeah, I was in this movement. We were doing some things differently, and it was going to be different. And then it was like, damn it, it's more the same. And I just had high hopes. So forgive me for just a, a, a laugh in thinking something was different and new and all of that. <laughs> 
Jamboree yeah. one was such a tipping point, and it <clears throat> set the expectations so high for mm-hmm. everyone. Everybody, yeah. I mean, maybe for our <clears throat> new podcast listeners, Jamboree one, we were expecting five thousand people, and forty five thousand people showed up. Right. I mean, it was astonishing, and everybody <clears throat> that was there, Jewel included. I mean, uh, I mean, everybody was there. A lot of people, again, that were at Jam one are still around. But anyways, it was just, it set the expectations so high. I think we, in many ways, set ourselves up to be disappointed. And that Absolutely. Ha- yeah. And I, I think that happens with almost every, almost every Industry? one of those, th- and not every one of those kind of uh, first time moments. Well, moments like with yeah. Obama and, yep. you know, the 60s hippie thing yep. and the, all, nothing, ev- wait, 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 wait. You dropped the O word. There's nothing wrong with Obama. I'm not saying there's anything no, wrong with there Obama. There was a special time. There was a special a time, and the expect the expectations yeah. were raised yeah. really oh, high really? Oh, okay. as a result okay. of Obama. But Obama too. Thank you, MJ. Yeah. Exactly. Get that clear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're not criticizing Obama. What, what what I'm saying is that the expectations. In fact, you could say the expectations leveled on Obama pretty much set Obama up. Yep. To end right. up where he right. ended up in in the second round, right? Yep. And right. so, and, and as a result of that, we ended up getting. Uh, now, some people may not acknowledge what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. But in, me. he's doing it. But I think. Oh no! I he's think, driving there. That's where we are right now. I think That's a big reason why Trump is in the White House is because Absolutely. Obama was in the White yep. House. Absolutely. Yeah. That and, is the whole and answer. Putin. Yeah. And Putin, <laughs> and so and so we're and so in the same. So to bring this back to the tiny house community, I think the same thing happened after that. That made, like you said, astonishing turnout at the jamboree. Everyone's hopes got really high, and yep. and and for better or for worse, Jewel, you got swept up in that. And your <laughs> your your filter in the high was, oh my gosh, here's an opportunity right. to do something for society that has never been d- really done before. Absolutely. And then the rest Absolutely. of the people were like, nah. <laughs> No. <laughs> not, not today, sister. Well, on the other hand, Reed Expo. I mean, Reed Expo <clears throat> bought the Jamboree after Jam Two. Jam, anyways, I forget. But Reed Expo, they got caught up in it too. I mean, they yeah, came along and they're like, "Hey, seventy thousand people attended this little Poduck event. If we put our money and muscle and everything behind it, we're going to throw a Jamboree in Texas. Everything's big in Texas." <laughs> and then they stuck this liberal event in the middle of you know Republican Central mm-hmm. and then they're like how come nobody showed up and we lost oh really oh they lost oh, well, so, two oh, years in well, a row um, Jamboree oh, lost oh. so much um, you know in trying to again recreate the mm-hmm. magic mm-hmm. Um, oh I'm so not sad Reed was, <laughs> <laughs> Reed was instrumental in in the post that I made in, in monitoring my post Reed was instrumental in uninviting me and being very nasty about it, and so yeah. I, I yeah. have no sympathy there. Oh, so the jamboree is no longer, yeah. The jamboree is no longer offered as an independent event now. Interesting. Um, so mm. this year, this past year, was the last year of the quote unquote tiny house jamboree standalone Reed Expo thing. They're uh, recreating it, reinventing it. They're rolling it up into another expo, and so as a part of what though? What are, yeah. what are all they doing? Like um, the schoolies, camp- campers, and, and, and RVs. No, 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 or no, 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 no. They're rolling it up into the tool expo or something. There's a tools. Tool? 
tools as in building, as in builders. Oh, huh. oh. right. So there's another expo that has gotcha. to do with building materials and tools, <laughs> and see. they're going to roll up the. They're going to join the tiny house jamboree with this other expo and combine them. Interesting. But the jamboree is a standalone event. Is done. Um, is done. Wow. Well. I guess that makes sense because look at the sponsorship situation. You need Black and Decker. You need these yeah. people that oh, are going to supply true. the stuff to build the tiny yeah. houses because Lord knows there's yep. no other sponsors yeah. there. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But the People's Tiny House Festival, however, is trying to keep t- true to the original format. They are going to be back in Colorado, you know, at the at the original location. So good. So uh, hopefully. So I'm going to I'm going to go off the mic for a second and ask Michelle a question because I really want to talk about this topic but I don't think we can. So Michelle, Uh-oh. would you come over Uh-oh. here for a second? Sure. Uh-oh. Either they're, they're whispering. Uh-oh. No, it's a big lock lip. Oh, they're kissing. Uh-oh. No, they're not. They're not. No. Uh-uh. You, can't, you nope. still can't? Okay. Nope. Okay. Nope. Wow. That's interesting. I'll why? tell you why off yeah. ca- I'll oh, tell you okay. why okay. off camera. Well, okay. Can so that's what I, mean, later? I, I don't know what's going on either, so that's okay. I'm just sitting so here watching what them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. An airplane noise. So it's not really any news there. I know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah. 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 Oh, damn. Sorry, I'll, text you. Sorry, I'll text you right yeah, now. We'll, we'll There's nothing like a private insight <laughs> on, on radio. On radio. So <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> Good we Lord. Hand, we do hand gestures in the, in the, in the studio. We do, but while we're talking, at least, we don't go into <laughs> exactly. total, just, just nothing but ASL language for crying out loud. It's the all ASL show. <laughs> <laughs> so after, so after you said you're you're planning events with um, Dominique and the others. Those have not happened yet, or are they in process? No, we've done we've done we did a couple last year, um, and we just haven't kicked off anything. Um, not last year, and um, Lee and I spoke at some other um, bigger events this year mm-hmm. around. Um, I can't. Oh my God! I can't think of the conferences. We were invited to speak at a conference. Not um, not tiny house conferences. Not tiny house related, um, but they wanted to talk about. It was actually about diversity mm. um, and housing and and those types of things. So though they, it was really a really good event that was um, that was tiny house related, but it was as a. Uh, I'm going to have to come up with the name of the conference before we are done here so okay. I can do them some justice. But um, we've been invited to speak at some some other events that have been really good where the conversations have been open to, you know, housing and and diversity and and um, people of color and, mm-hmm. and, and those types of things. So um, we haven't kicked off our calendar for 2019, but we're uh, we're going to be doing that soon. I'm in. And of course, I don't know when this will be air, but um, early December, I'm headed out to California for a few days, and then I'll catch up with Dominique in um, January. I'm going to go up to D.C. and hang out with Lee some. So um, we're doing good stuff and feel good stuff and with feel good, you know, um, audiences versus mm-hmm. the, the push. Is the is the would you say this has kind of been a pivot for you in terms of what you're attaching your identity to, uh, broadening into housing more so than just tiny houses? A pivot? Do I think it's a pivot? No, I kind of think it's more of the same conversation, mm. um, racism, and and um, it's just been some segues into some different areas. Mm. I would I would say that it's it's the same conversation. I see. It's a great, you know, it's a great, for all the negativity or for all of the the disappointment that we have, I think it's a great platform to stand on. Which platform? 
the platform of been there, done that. Mm. Um, this is what I experienced, and this is what I'm going to take from that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. In other words, life even, lessons kind it, of thing. Well, yeah. I mean, even, you know, if, um, yeah, I, anyways, I was just talking a couple of days ago about someone coming on as an agent, you know, and getting me back on stage, not in the oh, tiny house industry, mm-hmm. but outside the tiny yeah. house industry, yeah. right? And, People that have checkbooks, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's definitely an upside yeah. to going, shall we say, mainstream. Yep. Um, yeah, that was definitely also a very interesting aspect of the tiny house movement, Um what do you mean a house costs more than twenty thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So there wasn't a lot of generous um, ton of um, opportunity mm. there for me, but I feel like the conversations that we're having, where you're not feeling like you have to prove your worth, where people value what you know and what you've done, and want to have conversations with you, and I feel like that's something totally different. I correct. Um, yeah, know absolutely. For sure that you know part of when i was pushing to say people of color should be included as speakers at some of the events there were uh, a couple of people um, who commented on my post that wanted to know what the people of color's credentials were that the people that were being highlighted had these portfolios of of their bills and and felt like the people of color needed to validate their worth to be on the stage and i'm like are you freaking kidding me <laughs> um so so the the conference that lee and i spoke at was the american association of geographers and a portion of that was that our presentation was land autonomy and inclusivity in the tiny house strategy oh. and so they it it went back to um you know um past times and just kind of pulled it into the day to today and the tiny house movement and it was an excellent conversation and again where you know people want to are interested in this conversation and these are you know geographers and people with with um backgrounds in this information who want to have these discussions and how do we push this forward and um that definitely feels better than you know validating yourself um in the middle of a field with people who've built a tiny house Mm -hmm. that that aren't interested in what you're talking about. Amen. Awesome. Amen. 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 That's a nice word, way to end the show. Amen. Thank, um, Jill, once again, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Um, thank you, good, Ruby. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, I, I, so I'd like to end this saying <clears throat> that um, because I always, I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that a lot of people in the community feel like I'm the angry black woman. I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm passionate about what I talk about. Um, I feel like the, the the conversation is one that is worthy and is worthy to be discussed. But I'm good. I'm in a really good place. I'm like you, Michelle. I'm um, moving into areas where there's value, and and I feel like the message is is important. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so much for well, taking time. Yeah, we wanted to have you back uh, on a special day as a special guest. Yep. Thank you. Sure. I appreciate yep. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Tiny thank House you. and Tiny House audience and listeners, we appreciate you too. And so thanks for Aww. listening to another one of our episodes. Tune in next week because we're going to have another one. See ya. Bye-bye. And Rick McNerney, thanks for making this sound so good. Oh, show. He's and, amazing. And uh, listeners, tune in in three weeks for other such announcements and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Namaste. 
Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if you remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.